Once again, it's time for the program that has no music, no commercials, no jingles, no talent, and absolutely no agenda. Coming to you from the Curry Manor in the United Kingdom, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak up here in Northern California, a long ways off. And it is, uh, the sun has definitely gone over the uh, yard arm here. It is uh, pitch black outside, five, what is it, uh, four, it's 4.30 uh, p.m. on Saturday, so that would make it uh, about 8.30 your time, San Francisco? Actually, it's 8.57. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at the second hand. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's even even more time gap between uh, your house and my house. It's amazing how that works. So, yes, the sun's coming up. It's actually up quite a bit so far. Seems like it's up further than I think it should be. But there it is. And we do have sun today here in California, although we have a lot of high-level clouds, which means the sun's coming up. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been very very cold here in the UK for the past uh, I think the past two weeks. Just really cold, like constantly around uh, the freezing point, uh, which made my Christmas shopping that much unhappier today. Oh yeah, well, I usually go Christmas shopping the night before Christmas. Well, that's what I do to too. Last minute man. Yeah, well, the funny thing is you run into a lot of, if you go on Christmas Eve, besides the fact that they throw everything on sale, you run into, uh, and I've done this for years, decades, uh, you run into uh, fellow travelers, people who are who are just the same, you know, they're just like you. They go on the last day, That's right. That's right. and they've been doing it for years, and they all, you're kind of like, you're, you're immediate friends with all of them, and you joke about it, and it's, a, it's like a whole different crowd of people. It's mostly men. And um, they're out, you know, shopping around. And it's the funniest thing is because it's like one of those deals where you're just like your pals with these people <laughs> yeah. without even knowing them. And you're all you all know what you're up to. I really got boned. I um, I'd had uh, Christina spy on uh, on her mom to find out what she wanted, because, you know, when it comes down to the the right, the right or wrong bag or shoes or whatever, you know, I, 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 there's no way I can buy that. I have no idea what I'm doing. So I of met I met her after she was working. Uh, today and so I met her after work, and uh, she sh- and she had to go for a driving lesson. So she said, "Oh, here are the boots that mom wants." And I said, "What size? It's size three. Okay, so of course they only have size four, right?" And my daughter's gone, so I'm like helpless walking around, going, "Oh, what other boots will do?" Well, of course I have no freaking clue. <sighs> so, so what'd you do? Uh, what'd you buy her? Uh, <laughs> n- nothing. <laughs> Nothing yet. I'm, I have to go back tomorrow. I gotta. I gotta Shanghai my daughter into going with me. I'm completely lost. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Actually, my wife this year made an edict, which is that we can't buy gifts that aren't either handmade, oh, or or used. Wow, is this a part of the uh, stop consumerism? I'm very proud of you, John. Yeah, I think it is because uh, we're kind of sick of it. But uh, <laughs> the pendulum's but, swinging back, dude. It's going to happen for everybody. Well, luckily, there's like, you know, we've got to, in the Berkeley area, there's like a lot of high end, uh, uh, extremely competent potters and uh, artisans. Of course, you have the Telegraph Avenue weekend thing, which is hilarious. I mean, if you want to see tie dye, it's like a, I think I'll post some of these pictures. I was there last weekend. What is the interior of your house like? Is it like a, a Western it's vibe a, or? It's eclectic. <laughs> Gee, how surprising! <laughs> hey, that's all I, I can say. I, I did some research. Uh, you might. I think you told me you listened to the source code, so maybe you already heard about this. I wanted to ask you about Stephen Brill. 
Yeah. Does that name Was ring a bell? Stephen Brill, the guy who did the uh, um, um, that magazine. That's that Brill. Brill's, a con- bunch of Brills. Brill's content. Yes. Yeah, Brill's content. So guess what? what guess what else he did after uh, after Brill's content folded in two thousand one? Tell us. He started um, a little known company, uh, which is so little known. A verified ID systems, I think it is. Who um, are the uh, people who are rolling out the Clear program? Ver- uh, verified identity pass. Yeah, this is the the thing at the airports now, where you give you uh, the government your retinal scan and your fingerprint and your fingerprints. Right, and, and you ro- and you can roll right past the uh, gate. Well, this no, be- no, you can't actually. You, you get a different a different line, but you still have to take your shoes off and your bag still has to go through X ray, and you still can't have liquids and you know there's it's it's just a it's a separate line that's all i just found that interesting that he had set that up i wonder if that's the same because somebody was telling me about one is that the only system that has the bypass because the one this other guy was telling me about had a different name no they uh, there were a couple of uh, pilot projects um that ran but it seems like you know now that uh, that brills in with his clear program he uh, it looks like he's the only guy that uh that is really doing it, but it's all part of the, oh, what is it called? I think it's the Targeted Traveler Program or, or something like that. That would be you. <laughs> yes. No, it's a TSA, uh, uh, um, uh, TSA initiative. And so they rolled out a couple of pilot programs, and, uh, and I guess this is the better brand or whatever. So, but you don't know him personally. I thought you might know him. Uh, you know, I ran into him once. <clears throat> I don't really know him. as I like if he sees me. Or if I see him on the street. Hey, run away now, man. I, run away from him. I wouldn't uh, probably recognize him, unfortunately. <laughs> but, you know, if I, I'll, maybe you can give me a comp, not to mention it. <laughs> as long as you give up your retinal scan, you'll be fine. Hey, you know what? Well, I mean, they probably have it already. My wife doesn't want me to talk about this stuff anymore. Oh, because she's going to be next on the list. No, 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 no. She says, I have a bad feeling. Do you feel- know Adam Curry? Are you married to him? Come on with us. She says, I have a really bad feeling about this. You really got to be careful with what you're talking about. You And what she's referring to, of course, if people want to go back and listen to the previous shows, is the fact that every time you come into the USA, they stop you for one hour and a half just to harass you. Well, you're, you keep saying it's just to harass me, but it's it's obviously because their computer system is saying that there's a reason to speak to me. Um, but it's not really harassment. They just they do that. It's just dumb. You know, it's an inefficient, stupid system because they've already asked me the same questions ten to, well, five times. Hey, I got maybe this. Here's let's try this. I think we should start experimenting. <laughs> okay. Now this time, next time you come in, which will be in a, you know in a few weeks, I think. Yeah, around the fifteenth. You're gonna. Um, you're going to. As soon as they say, well, you know, they and they start asking, um, start asking you questions before they take you. Say, you stop and say, wait, stop a second. You're just wanting my autograph, right? <laughs> that's all. That's all this is about. <laughs> okay, great one, John. Can't wait to try it. <laughs> you know, there's a domain name now that is uh, don't send Adam to Gitmo dot com. <laughs> Yeah, that'll probably trigger something. That, you know, that's probably like a keyword that they're, the NSA is like scanning for. Through echelon, say, oh, yeah, yeah. Why shouldn't we, I wonder? What's the reason for this? 
So something suspicion. So she's anyways. probably uh, no. It's it's not it's not just about that. But uh, damn damn you, curse you, John C. Dvorak. You got me uh, into this uh, confessions of an economic hitman. Yeah, uh, book by John Perkins, and and uh, you had mentioned a couple times to get the audio book, and I actually did. Um, and so I listened to it over uh, over the course of the week, and uh, yeah. I, th- I think probably the stuff that's been coming out of my mouth here at home since uh, since I completed that book is probably what has caused her the most concern. <laughs> Does she, has she listened to it yet? No, she hasn't. You know, and and I and I'm I'm just about ready to start showing her some of the uh, the masses of videos that are out there online because you know, of course, I look a guy like this up, this John Perkins, and he's got links to. Uh, you know, other journalists, and these are serious ass dudes who you know have quite a record, uh, quite a journalistic record, uh, and they're uncovering some amazing things. And um, and you know, from that, I rolled. Uh, what did I? What did I? Oh, I, I rolled into. You know, you have a lot of these nine eleven conspiracy videos. I mean, there, there's at least four or five well produced ones that are out there and available online right, right now. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and in fact, the group as a whole are called the Truthers. Yes, exactly. And, uh, the I truthers. Ran the truthers, which is really, I, which is actually kind of an interesting term because it's it's catchy in some screwball way. But anyway, I ran into the the truthers seem to uh, crop up as a group, and I ran into uh, a, a pile of them uh, with their signs. They have signage, and they. In fact, I, I, I should. I haven't blogged this because I took some photos. Yeah, they show up at, at media events typically where there's a camera, so they can uh, show up in right. the shot. Yeah. With the with the with the uh, signage that says you know tell the truth about nine eleven. Anyway, they were out in front of KGO Studios in San Francisco, and then I'm mm. and I ran into one of them uh, <clears throat> who happened to know or she knew me or something like that. She, or, you know, you, you said anyway, you just sorry. want my autograph, don't you? <laughs> we got to start using that as a catchphrase. Yeah. Anyway, so. Uh, so uh, they handed me, they have these discs that they hand out. They tell you to reproduce them and scatter them around. And uh, so they gave me a couple DVDs, and uh, they're, it's like really, there's which actually ones? good which, material which, which in there. Which ones? Do you remember the titles? Because I've probably yeah, seen them all. The, uh, you know, I don't have the titles. The titles are like also kind of not like memorable. Like 9-11 Empire, um well, they're all the DVDs got like a bunch of these documentaries on each one. There's so there's two of them, right? Yeah, but it says tell the truth about you know something or other. There's like it's the name of the organization. I, I don't follow it that closely because they're they're kind of nutty. But anyway, so uh, but I started looking at one of the DVDs. I seem to have lost the other one. Is how you know conscientious <laughs> I am. But the uh, but I it, it's actually there's it, once you get past the poor production values of some of the earlier videos, there's actually some good stuff in there, and there's a lot of questions that still. You know, it seems to me, I mean, I think everything really stems around the World Trade Center 7. Right, exactly, because of, um, you know, the timing, how that came down, the uh, so-called command to, quote, pull it, um, and, you know, all this all this um, uh, scientific evidence uh, surrounding the use of thermite, uh, which is used in demolition. There's a ton, a ton of that. And I have to say... That you know now we're getting some of the some videos that are a little you know the production value is a little higher. A lot of this uh, seems to uh, come uh, from uh, you know this guy. I think his name is Alex Jones. Infowars.com is his site. Oh yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah, so you know, and and that's kind of the problem. You know, is you see this guy like, oh, you know, he does seem indeed a bit nutty. But, but when you get into, well, he also seems like a huckster. <laughs> well, 
he does, and it's unfortunate. But I, but I bumped into, so I've seen all these videos, and I don't talk about it anymore because you know, it's an endless debate, right? I have to say the, you know, the, the videos that have been put together, wow, very convincing stuff. But I, I found this uh, other site, pilots4911truth.org. And like, well, that's interesting because, you know, I, there's something, I, I don't know anything about thermite. I don't know anything about demolition. I do know something about flying. And very interesting, they, um, under the Freedom of Information Act, they um, asked for the black box data. It's about 25 megs worth of data. And, you know, this, the black box uh, tracks uh, speed, you know, inputs on the controls, uh, obviously altitude, pitch, yaw, roll. I mean, every single attitude of the aircraft, if thrust was used, you know, the, 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 just a lot, of, a lot of stuff is stored there. So uh, under uh, Freedom of Information Act, they said, you know, send us a, a CSV. So, co- you know, comma, what does that CS, what does that stand for? Comma, uh, a, a comma, CSV, comma, comma, no, comma separated values. That's it. Comma right, separated right, right, values. Right. Wow. Um, so, you know, basically a spreadsheet. And they loaded it into a simulator. And there's some very interesting discrepancies uh, in that data. I mean, like really, really wrong. <laughs> you know, that just makes it... Uh, in fact, if the data was correct, um, the... At the point of so-called impact, the aircraft was actually at 480 feet in altitude, so it flew over the Pentagon, according to the data that the NTSB sent. Now, that doesn't look that way in the simulator. In fact, the simulator shows, you know, about 180 feet, so just about at ground level. Um, but either someone forgot or, you know, somehow something was altered and there was no reset of the altimeter. Um, and, you know, so they went back and looked at the pressure settings for that day, which was 30.22. They look at the temperature and so they know exactly how high that aircraft was flying. And according to this black box data that was sent to them by the NTSB, the plane actually went over the Pentagon at 480 feet. So, you know, at least there's, there's some, some stuff in there that uh, I think warrants a, some further investigation at, at minimum. Yeah. I think so, but you know, I don't think I don't think it's going to happen. I think the official uh, word is what we're going to have to live with. You know, I was reminded during there was a little air era. I mean, this is like the guys who talk about the bomb at the um, that uh, Oklahoma City bombing and how right. it was two explosions and they found the two things and you can look at right. the you know it goes on and on it never ends because you can second guess everything. But the I'm always reminded of the early reports of uh, and I'll bring this one up for the nutballs out there. The early reports of the fact that the, the, the planes were flown into the um, buildings by remote control, mm-hmm. which was uh, kind of uh, a screwball concept, if you, if you ask me. But, but there used to be, in fact, the guy still exists. There used to be a kind of a crackpot writer that had all kinds of weird information that he used to put on the net. And this was in the, like the 90s. And there was used to, and he talked about, you know, in fact, that book you're talking about, the um, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, talk about how they like to assassinate people with uh, plane wrecks. Yeah, planes and, and helicopters. That, Right, and because you know people are flying around in them a lot, and they you know they crash all the time anyway, and so uh, the pilots sorry. of the world, thank you. Yeah, well, I, but anyway, so they, uh, Clinton used to have this guy who was the head of the Democratic National Committee, this black guy. And I remember he used to be on TV all the time. He's a fast-talking character. Was really good at at, at, at making the Republicans' life miserable. 
and he died in some mysterious wreck in Africa, hmm. and um, in the, during some period where he was involved with some scandal. And uh, it, it just, the whole thing seems suspicious to me. And this guy that I'm going to re- refer to in a minute, uh, you wrote it up as, uh, as an assassination, and he had all this information that was kind of interesting. Huh. And you know, the bullet to the back of the head of the body, nobody wanted to talk about things like that. Oh, so anyway, the, guy, the guy's name it, it, in the 90s, he was, and he was very interesting. And I'd read his stuff all the time because for no other reason, it was highly entertaining. And, uh, and even though some of it was completely off the wall, and the guy's name was J. Orlin Grab, and J. Orlin Grab uh, wrote up his analysis of the 9/11 situation, which included the remote control flying. And shortly thereafter, his material, his sites all became kind of like softcore porn sites with a lot of women. <laughs> uh-huh. And and he was like, and, he, and you can't find his essays anymore. No. I mean, if you, he's off the if grid, you do, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's basically off the grid. And if you do find anything by him, it's that it's 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 nothing compared to what he was doing in the '90s. Maybe he's getting old. But uh, I can't tell. But whatever the case is, I found that kind of interesting. Well, Although. You know, I have to say that, uh, and I'm very prone to obsessive compulsive behavior. So, you know, I really dive into this stuff and, you know, I'll pull myself out. And then, you know, for the past couple of years, I've been looking at a lot of these. And um, I, I, I think, well, first of all, I think it's it's actually pretty good that people are doing this. Um, and, and, uh, you know, the more I think about how can we stop a lot of this insanity, which you can't even explain in a, in a, in a half hour show as to what, what actually potentially is going on, on a, you know, a big, big global scale. Um, I think that, uh, that the internet is actually is, is the way that it's all going to unravel. You know, there are no secrets is my slogan, only information you don't yet have. So um, there's bound to be people who know something and something's going to come out and it will come out through the net. I'm, I'm quite sure of it. Now, will it get squashed? Will it get written off as those kooks? Um, perhaps, kooks. perhaps, but I, I think the, the message is getting out and, you know, and these are very, very powerful images. There's certainly nothing, uh, of equal power to these, these videos that I'm seeing in mainstream media. Absolutely nothing even close to it. And this is, this is just really riveting stuff, you know, and, and I, I have no reason to believe it's um, it's doc. I mean, you look at the people who are giving speeches around the country. These are scholars, John. These are smart people. They're not dumb disc jockeys like me. Well, you know, the problem with that, you know, I actually have the opposite uh, take on this so far as the Internet's concerned. I believe the Internet's got so much information, good, bad, uh, um, uh, and so much disinformation, and it's can be, it can be so overloaded with BS and, and crazy people and people who are pretending to be crazy and all the rest of it that uh, the truth is probably harder to discern um, and, and gets more clouded than ever before. And so I think you can get away with more, not less, because of it, to be honest about it. Yeah, but but it's you know it's not like this stuff. It's not like the internet produces this. This comes from from other people in there, and I think that the you know the, the way that it typically works on the internet is you know the things that are kind of complete bubble up and and you know there everyone's a filter and I, I in my own way I'll act as a filter for other people, and I don't know I I, I have a little more optimistic view. 
Yeah, no, I have a totally pessimistic view. In fact, I think I think the, the internet can be used to manipulate things to an extreme, and I think we're going to witness some really outstanding examples of this in the future. It'll be fun to watch, to be honest about it. But, yeah. um, we're, we're starting to see this a, a little bit, my theory anyway, with the political campaign, because I've still been a, a, a believer that uh, McCain is the is the guy, the chosen one. Hmm. And, um, and they have to start destroying some of these guys who keep creeping into the mix to uh, kind of, you know, almost win and Huckabee is the main one and Huckabee is, uh, is this uh, Baptist minister kind of but now there's words out there maybe he's not and there's a lot of it's all a lot of uh, interesting disinformation it's, it's starting right the the the, the real campaign yeah. is now starting yeah he's he's like you know he seems to be four Mexicans taking over the country if you read carefully enough anyway um, yeah it's starting and, and the key the key one of the key elements and somebody has a lot of influence is Rush Limbaugh who's uh, uh, for the European viewers. He's a very uh, popular right-wing talk show. He's the one who invented right-wing talk, uh, talk radio. And in 1987, when, when the uh, when they passed the or they revoked the uh, uh, the law that equal, the, equal uh, the equal time law, yeah. Yeah, that was revoked, and Limbaugh jumped on that immediately and within two years. And the next thing you know, he's like a millionaire with his own private jet, and, and a, you know, a drug habit. A drug match. habit, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah two, hey, two, two friends of mine who actually uh, business partners uh, got him going. They sold all of his ads. It was an amazing business in those early years. I mean, just hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, so he has, but the the word, or at least the the belief is, even though nobody proves it, and he denies this constantly, that he's really a spokesperson for for the uh, established Republican Party, uh, uh, the, the 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 true leadership, whoever they are, the secret uh, club, and uh, so so he's when a you, if you listen to his, if you he's, he's right, and if you listen to him, you get some of the uh, you get a flavor for what might be coming down the down. And he coined that, and Huckabee is in his sights is the target. Oh, okay, and so he, right. So he's coined that he calls him he calls him now. He started by calling him Huckster B. Yeah. And then now it's just the huckster to refer to him. And I'm th- as soon as I started hearing this, I said, well, this guy's got, you know, he, if Limbaugh's doing this, and he's just the beginning, it's the opening salvo. It's about to start, uh, yeah. It's about to start, and Huckabee's going to be screwed. But meanwhile, he's getting into a, kind of a interesting debate with this other guy who's an, a, a more interesting character that they got to move aside, which is Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, that, yeah. And Mitt Romney looks a lot, if anybody in Europe knows movie actors, he, he looks a lot like uh, Treat Williams playing one of those evil businessmen that he used to do in a lot of movies. Probably better than anyone. And uh, he has that evil businessman Treat Williams look. And a uh, good-looking guy, uh, Mormon, and... Uh, Apparently, an incredible, incredible businessman, probably worth billions. Well, you know that and his, uh, that Bain Capital, his, uh, one of his uh, hedge funds that he's involved in, um, is the, I think at this point, the only serious contender and bidder to buy Clear Channel. Right. Yeah, he wants to buy, which is it would be a great idea. I wish he would buy Clear Channel. <laughs> Of course, it would turn into the Mitt Romney channel, but whatever. No kidding. Uh, I mean, it has been attempted before. The William Randolph Hearst the first had a, you know owned most of the newspapers in the country, or many of them, and he tried to become president, and that didn't work out. It doesn't. You can't necessarily 
trick the people by owning all the media, even though people like to think you can. Um, and you don't own the Internet, and the Internet can cloud anything, as I said. But anyway, so, but the beginning, this, the, the, the true contenders for, this, uh, for these offices were not the really uh, – my initial uh, belief – Two, about two years ago was that the ticket was going to be uh, McCain and Giuliani, which I thought was an unbeatable ticket. I mean, nothing that Democrats could put up could beat those two guys. But now, you know, Giuliani's hanging in there, but, you know, they don't want him to be president. And now he's sick or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he yeah. has some like. Yeah, he, he has a some flu like, bug. Yeah, but it's a flu, but they call it flu-like. Like, what does that what, mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, good point. Flu-like, which means he was puking, basically. Dehydrated. Yeah, yeah it probably poisoned him. So, <laughs> oh, uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I thought when I read that is, hmm, radiation sickness, perhaps? <laughs> well, that's possible, too. Whatever the case, you know, this whole, uh, the race is up for grabs. And I still, I'm still a believer. And I think, I thought, you know, because McCain was, went soft on Bush during an era where he was being, uh, uh really wrecked across the coals when he tried to run for president some years earlier. And, I, and I'm and i absolutely sure a backroom deal was done saying, look, you, Bush has got to be in for this next election. Well, you're the next guy. Right, you're next in line. And just yeah. shut up, get out of the way, and don't do anything to ruin this because we can't, you know, lose to these other idiots. And uh, and we'll give it to you for the for the 2008. And, and that's why I've always believed that McCain is so relaxed during this campaign. He doesn't even seem to be... You know, he's just coasting, waiting for the for the fulfillment of the promise later in the year. This is my conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy. It's just, you know, a meeting happened, and this is what they're going to do. Well, it, it's interesting. I, I did see, um, was it, uh, <clears throat> what did I watch recently? It was an, old, it was an older uh, Meet the Press with John Kerry and uh, John McCain together. And you're right, the guy just sits there, you know, completely at ease, but... I, I'm not liking all the stuff that's coming out of his mouth, quite honestly. And, and I, <laughs> well, he, he's getting too, you know, this is a problem. He's getting a little cocky. Uh-huh. And then he shows up, and, he, and he, he's the only guy, by the way, that consistently shows up on the Jon Stewart show. And Jon Stewart is like a, uh, and, and, and they apparently are friends, or, you know, have become friends. Uh-huh. And Stewart, of course, is a, I wouldn't say he's a socialist, but he's definitely a liberal. And, uh, and, a, and one of the few funny liberals that you know, you knows how to, <laughs> handle yeah, uh, yeah. the media and you know and and and, and get the the get the knows how to t- twist the knife yeah uh with humor tweak and, the nipple uh, and he uh, and McCain just get along famously and they exchange barbs and they and it's, it's it's actually quite interesting to watch this and I think that's all part of the overall scheme hmm well it could be eh it's a theory <laughs> <laughs> I'm not putting. I, well, actually, I, I usually put money on the elections, but only near the end. I mean, I, uh, I I have already put I think two bets down that the Republicans will win again. Um, well, first we got to get through. I, we got to get through the next stage. So you're saying McCain will uh, will will get the ticket for the Republicans? That's what my theory is. But I don't care who gets it; they'll still win. I don't see the Democrats being able to feel that and i've taken this bet twice now and i'll, I'll take it with anybody really you think the uh, next president will be a republican absolutely there's no question about it wow wow i don't think the democrats have anyone they can field and i think in fact my original again a couple of years ago my 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 view of things was going to be a mccain giuliani versus hillary obama 
And because there's a weird logic to the idea of running Hillary and Obama, which is that, you you know, you'll get all the women and you'll get all the blacks to vote for them because there's a woman and a black thinking that, you know, everybody's an idiot and uh, and you can't lose. (laughs) So I'm still I'm still sticking with the Hillary Obama ticket. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I will probably be proven wrong, but I, I truly believe that there, you know, so few people turn out to vote anyway. Um, I, I believe that an outsider could come in and could steal this race away, you know, particularly because it started so early. The press is already getting extremely bored of um, either nothing happening. In fact, nothing is happening. It's just boring, you know, so they're, they're making shit up <laughs> and, you know, that's, bad. that's why like the Ron Paul blimp works and, you know, there was real good coverage for the $6 million man, uh, you know, $6 million raised on, uh, on the, uh, was it the 16th of December? Um, you know, I think that's why Huckabee gets, you know, gets lifted up. Um, I, I, I think that, uh, at the end, at the end of this race, we'll see that there's a lot more exposure and a lot more attention for some of these more like fringe candidates. I think that's really going to happen. It's, it's, you know, it is, it truly is how television works. They, they are already bored of what's going on. Yeah. You know what I think is going to happen after this election, that, that somehow the political politicos are going to get together and they're going to, they're going to have a meeting. You know, it's all one party anyway. They're going to have a meeting and say, look, this is killing us. This long, who, who came up with that idea that we should run this election for like over a year? It's, it scatters the money because they'd rather have the money just go into, you know, to, you know the, where it belongs rather than scattered all over the place but to a bunch of maniacs. Uh, they're going to have to do something about this. They cannot do this again because, uh, which is, again, may show up at the end when they reanalyze this, uh, this election cycle. They're going to say, this what this didn't work to the public's benefit. You know, you're going to end up with the candidates that weren't leading at the beginning, and then you just have a bunch of mud And, and also, there's, there's no one running the country back in Washington. Did, oh, I, did I not see, was it Chris Dodd who, you know, created this filibuster to stop the, uh, the, the new FISA Act? Yeah, I haven't, you know, I hate to say I haven't been following it that closely. In fact, I kind of... Well, I heard you say on Tech... I heard, I heard you say on Tech 5 that it had gone into law, that it had passed. Yeah, no, I admit, I screwed up. It was a mistake. Okay. And... Uh, and it was uh, it was essentially the law. The vote was to keep the debate going or not going. The whole thing is a joke. Well, the thing is, and, is the amnesty for the telco companies. What what this revised FISA bill said, amongst other things, was and FISA is basically this whole wiretapping bill, which says you know you can get a a wiretap under certain circumstances without a, a warrant through the traditional court system. I'm just paraphrasing. I'm not a lawyer. But in addition, in the new FISA law, which expires, I believe, you know, in a week or so, the old one, um, the which would mean wiretapping would have to go back to the way it's supposed to be, which is like you get a proper warrant and it takes a couple of days. But anyway, in this new FISA Act, the telecom companies who had uh, conspired with the government to give them data about their customers were basically being pardoned going back five years in time. And, right. and uh, so I believe Chris Dodd um, stopped this, and they and they actually took it off the table, uh, and they won't vote on it until uh, after the new year. And they're going to try and revise it, and you know, and try and uh, and I, I guess they're going to try and keep that part in. But that obviously is is horrible. Yeah, no, that's a bad thing. Uh, but you know, these guys have played ball. 
and uh, you know against probably what they should have done. I mean, a couple of them didn't. At least they claimed they didn't. They said, "Look, these guys came in. It didn't sound right to us that we should be listening to these customers because we have laws that prevent us from doing that." And they just wanted to do it for you know just you know kind of a a broad way, just listen to everything, collect all of calls into a big database, and then go over them later, data mine them. And uh, we didn't think this was uh, something that was legal, and they told them that, not, that they weren't going to do it. I think it was the, one of the Quest guys and some other guys refused. But uh, the AT&T and all these other guys, sure, whatever, we don't care. There you go. And, and uh, you know, whatever, you know. I have and, an AT&T uh, account. That's my cell phone, so that's probably the echelon me. Probably heard me talking probably, to you. <laughs> you're probably in there, I'm sure, for... Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it still baffles me why you're under uh, constant scrutiny. Under scrutiny. Hey, man, we we wrote a couple things down earlier in the week that we were going to talk about. Do you have your list? Oh, yeah. Hang on one second. Now you're going to have to put a pause in there because I, I do have the list. Well, you got your headphones on while you're getting it or did you just walk away? I have to walk away. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, then let me... Uh, let me... Uh, let's see... Maybe I have something I can play. I thought maybe there was a voicemail comment that we had that came in. You know, I have this, uh, I have this bad habit of writing stuff on little, you know, I have, my latest thing is I take uh, printouts that are, um, that the backside are blank. Right? And a lot of printers. I have a, right. a duplex printer, but most of them are just blank. And so I flip the things over, and then I use them as, as and I fold them in half vertically, and then I mm. use that as my note thing. So I have piles of these things. Yeah, I use my, uh, my uh, one-side printed paper for uh, filters. I rip off little, uh, little uh, strips and then roll it up. Okay, now here's the problem with the notes I took. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Legibility? Uh, you know, this is... This is the problem. This is like... Uh, <clears throat> we had good stuff, one of, John. One of them was it, it did like this. It's, this is the note, and we, then you have to kind of extrapolate, why did I write this? It's almost like you know when you're in college and you, you took notes on, on some lecture. of your passing thoughts, right. uh, usually late at night, and they don't make any sense the next day. A million people probably sent this to you already. Oh, I know what, what that is. I know what that is. Uh, we were talking about how when you're, um, you know, so either, uh, you know, I have a company, so there's a hundred people in the company, but you know, there's, there's a lot of people that I know. And look, I'm famous. What can I tell you? John C. Dvorak, <laughs> you're famous. And so what you get when you have a certain level of fame is that people send you stuff and they'll say, you know, you probably have already had a million people send you this link, but anyway, here it is. And it's a really right. tough situation because the fact of the matter is most people actually believe that someone else already sent it to me. And then you wind up not knowing fucking shit because no one sends you anything anymore. So whenever someone sends me something like that, I'm always saying, hey, thanks. No, first one, like first post. Great job. I keep trying to, you know, I'm sure you have the same thing. Absolutely. I get a lot of these and they always say the same thing, which is a million people probably sent this to you already, but, yeah. and then they send you some link that you've never seen in your life. Nobody else sends <laughs> no it to you. No one has sent it, no. <laughs> no one sent it before or after. 
right. and you go, wow, this is interesting. Yeah. And it could have to do with the company you're working for or something like, you know, you made a mistake on the blog, for example. Whatever that it is, yeah. That happens they a lot. All, everyone yeah. assumes that you, you know, since you do have, I mean, there are numbers here. I mean, the blog, my blog has like a million page views a month plus. And uh, so there's thirty or 40,000 people that hit the thing every day. So it would seem likely <laughs> that yeah, somebody yeah, exactly. out of these tens of thousands of people would say something yeah. when, you know, you're just, you got to, you know, so, but they don't, which, because they always assume that the next guy did, which is like, you know, I think this is happening, this, this concept is happening on a global basis. Because I know for a fact that when I'm driving past, like years and years ago, when I had a, you know, when I when I actually carried a cell phone, uh, I would be on the freeway and I'd see a wreck and I'd call CHP and say, you know, there's a wreck on such and such right. is right here and there. Right. And now you get to the, I think most people, myself included, go, ah, somebody ah, must Someone already that. called it in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, there, and, and there's a transition point because I remember calling those in and I was like the guy calling them in. And then at one point, somewhere along the line, every time I called in, they said, oh, yeah, we've got that one. Somebody called it in. <laughs> yeah. And then you stopped calling. In, and, then you stop calling, and then nobody calls it in because right. I've seen some of these wrecks out here. They've been there for hours. Yeah, and no, and no one's nobody. fucking called it in. Right. Yeah. So please uh, consider your celebrity friends, <laughs> and, <laughs> and do send and do send us that link. We really do appreciate it. <laughs> so anyway, that, that's uh, yeah. Now, Chris, now you get too much. I don't know if you knew this, but kind of thing. There's another thing that I brought on this list, which is, um, you know, people, Kissinger came out with a comment that we can never, it was on some show, I think it was in Europe, he was on the BBC or someplace saying, you know, we can't, this war in Iraq is unwinnable because, you know, there's nobody that can, you can win against because there's no other side. You know, it's just a scattered bunch of, you know, people doing whatever they do. So there's no, you can't have a table, there's no surrender table. Mm. Where somebody can come and sign over, right? Because it's this. So what? What's? So we might as well just forget it. We're going to be there for the rest of our lives for some reason. Um, and I'm thinking, well, you know, the one thing I would say, well, you can't cut and run. You can't do this. You can't do that. And every time I'm always hearing about how we, how how come we can't just pick up and leave? I'm thinking. Isn't this the kind of criticism that we used to have against Asians in general about their concept of saving face? Whereas it's what a bunch of dingbats, you know, they're, they can't do this, they can't do that because they can't, because they wouldn't be saving face. You know, they, they would be humiliated because of face, 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 this concept of saving face. And we always thought that it's purely an Asian phenomenon about saving face, when in fact, apparently it's not, because that's what this is all about. It's saving face. Well, really, the, it really, it's about the United States saving face in both exactly, cases. Exactly, that's what I mean. Yeah, in both yeah. cases. I'm, I'm looking at the article now. Um, if you mean by military victory, an Iraqi government that can be established and whose writ runs the whole country that gets the civil war under control and sectarian violence under control in a time period that the political process of the democracies will support, I don't believe that is possible, he told the BBC. Right. Of course, that got no play in the U.S. No, of course not. Well, I'm getting this from MSNBC, which is the first hit on Google. But, you know, of course... The fact that the, the fact US, of the matter is, is that's that, not the U.S. <laughs> no, <laughs> good point. The fact of the matter is, is that uh, you know it's uh, it's it's all about the flow of money um, for. Well, now that's because you read that book. I think it's about saving. I think it's about saving face at this point. I think the flow of money thing's already been controlled. No, no, but no. You, it's it's you know what just happened here. Here comes Adam's finance segment of the week. Oh no. Yep. 
the uh, Saudi royal family uh, and Saudi Arabia as a as I guess a kingdom um, ha- are putting together the sovereign Saudi Arabian fund a trillion dollars a trillion dollars and they're going to lend this money to whom to, to us to, <laughs> no, we could use it <laughs> to our to our banks to you know to uh, and essentially it's it you know it's just money that's coming in that's going to be paid for more infrastructure in Saudi Arabia it's crazy i know the whole thing they're is laundering money it's really interesting. So, kind of. so no, so okay. Anyway, so let's make the oil a hundred dollars a barrel, and then we'll give you half of it back. It is a hundred dollars a barrel. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's not quite. I think it's ninety six or something today, but or yesterday. Yeah, this, uh, but, it reminds yeah. me. So every single time I see those numbers, you know, it reminds me of Waterworld. You ever seen that movie with Kevin Costner? Yeah. Where uh, and it's uh, uh, one of the corniest weird films ever. Yeah, but you know I, I, what I liked about it was everyone was after the go juice. You know, you had to have go juice to make your engine go, and you, know, yeah. you, got, you got the big pirate ship. And I, I, I kind of imagine that that's you know I'll, I'll wind up one day like that. You know, on a a big go, go <laughs> juice pirate ship. <laughs> well, that reminds me, there was a good. Uh, let's see, it wasn't Death Race two thousand. It was, uh, there was another movie, which is a cult film. I can't remember the name of it. Some viewer out there knows it, but it was a, it was uh, a movie about a guy who got a, a hot, a, a, like a big sports car or like a racing car. And he was shot across the country to get to free Cali- you know, California, which was the only free uh, country left in the world. Oh, and, yeah. and he was shooting across and he, and his whole the time he was going and they're trying to kill him constantly with missiles and everything else was he'd stop at all these old gas stations because gasoline was was eliminated we couldn't have gasoline anymore but all the old gasolines had a a few inches of gasoline left at the very bottom, <laughs> bottom of, of the, the tanks because tank. the pumps the pumps wouldn't go all the way down of course and because they couldn't hit the bottom and because it suck up rust is the reason if anyone wants to know and um so he could take a, a, a tube and run it down at the bottom and siphon up a few gallons for his race car and then shoot off into toward california uh, and I can't remember the name of that thing for the life of me. Um, but anyway, that, that was a similar kind of thing, where gasoline has become this weird commodity. What else is on our list? I don't know. Something more interesting than that, I hope. Um, <laughs> we should talk a little bit about the fact that I have another one here. That says This is another example of, of my kind of note-taking. And I'll tell you what it is. Maybe you can – it says French, and then there's an arrow – Pointing to IBM. Mm. Okay, that gets nothing. What the, and then hell, I what the one. hell was that about? French Arrow <laughs> IBM. No, no. Here's another one. This is the problem is because these are all, once they get over three or four days old, they make no sense to me. Uh, here's another one Ambulance Chasers with an arrow, a long arrow, pointing to age. And underneath age in a box is written the word ramps, and then another arrow pointing to nothing. <laughs> okay, I, 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 I remember parts of this. That part of this was about San Francisco being very uh, disabled friendly. The ambulance chasers was about uh, lawyers who used to literally wait outside our building when we were a public company in New oh, York. Right, right, right. And they'd right, ask right, women, right. Uh, you know, hey, did this happen to you today? Because then you have a sexual harassment suit. The age thing came from me telling you that I had training 
you know, uh, H- HR training. And, and in a job interview, you cannot ask someone how old they are. If you do, then right. you can get sued later for a age discrimination suit. But I have no idea what it was in reference to. I think we were talking about, uh, I think we've maybe been talking about even the, the Office Romance book that was written recently by Stephanie Losey that we covered on a Cranky oh, Geek show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe and was uh, she was always, she was shocked by the fact that, no, you know, she had all the, she had big agents and all the publishers seemed interested, but nobody wanted nobody to publish this it. book. Right. But I had taken that HR course on uh, sexual harassment. And if you really look into it, I mean, you can't do anything. You can't even, you know, say hello to a woman without the possibility existing you're going to get sued. And so I told her that the real problem is because of these, the way the sexual harassment has gone, these lawsuits, that if one of these big publishers or usually a multinational corporation published that book about office romance and they had a sexual harassment suit oh, thrown at them, yeah. the, it would be evidence against them. Yeah, and, I, I, uh, so, I think there's something to that, absolutely. So in other words, it, because of this, the way the, the, the courts work in this country, it's actually in, uh, in, uh, in, it's kind of impacting is the word I'm looking for uh, freedom of speech. It is literally. In literally. fact, I think if, if somebody would bring a you know say you go up to you got somebody in the office and you go uh, and you can't say you can't compliment them on their appearance or anything according to most of these. Um, and they have all kinds of documentation in these courses that's showing you why. Because some guy said, hi, hi, honey, you've got a beautiful dress today. Well, boom, he's in court the next day. I am so going to Gitmo, dude. <laughs> so You see me around the office. I'm horrible. You should take the course. I, I but have anyways, to by law. I have to take the course. Well, I don't know why you haven't. But anyway, um, the point is, is that, that where does freedom of speech begin and end and where does sexual harassment begin? And it seems to me that it's, free, it's a freedom of speech issue. If I want to say, hi, honey, that's a great dress you've got on, I think I have, under the Constitution, have that right. And I, I, shouldn't, be, and I shouldn't, under any circumstances, be sued for sexual harassment. Not, not, not only do I think you have that right, I think you are obliged to say, hi, honey, to me every single time you see me. <laughs> that is yeah. absolutely true. Yeah, dream on. So uh, it's not going to happen. But anyway, the point is, is that the fact that this book wasn't published, but except by a very small independent publisher who doesn't have anything to worry about because they have less than 100 employees, um, is a pathetic indictment of the system. Anyway, that's it what is. I think. No, that, that, that's a really good point. But who's uh, going to no, no one's going to go to the mat for that, though. No one wants to go through the hassle. Yeah, you know what? That's the what it is. It's a hassle. Nobody cares. They figure everyone's a short timer. Screw it. You know, somebody's wearing a nice dress. Too bad. <laughs> I can't help myself. Man. If someone's wearing a nice dress, I got to say, nice dress. I just can't help myself. Yeah, well, I'd stay in London if I were you. Mm. So um, the other thing I wanted to say is that, you know, one of the movies I was wanted people to see, and we could talk about it at some point, because we were talking about comics, and it was the movie Best of Show, which is a uh, a hilarious movie but it has a guy in it named fred willard and fred willard who's who's done some of the finest inventive most inventive comedy i don't know how old this guy is but he must be 90 because and even though he doesn't look that old because when i was in high school which was a while ago i saw this guy when he was a comic team called willard and greco uh and i saw him at the hungry eye in san francisco and he was hilarious then 
And um, since then, and, he's, and he was also the guy who was the sidekick on Fernwood Tonight with Martin Mull. And one of his, you know, and he, his, his type of humor is epitomized by this particular uh, joke, which I'll, I'll try to explain, which is the two of them are sitting there. So Fernwood Tonight was a, uh, a, a fake talk show that was mocking, you know, the talk show genre. And Martin Mull was like the Johnny Carson and uh, Willard was the, was the sidekick. And they'd be getting into some discussion, and out of the blue, Willard would out of the blue make these strange comments, which, by the way, is what I have Sebastian Rupley on Cranky Geeks fashioned after. Mm. He'd make these strange comments. He'd say, you know, I don't know why they've got these ramps on. Why do they put these ramps on all the sidewalks? It's just so skateboarders can go zooming up and down, <laughs> almost knocking you over. It's ridiculous that they do something like this. And then Martin Mull goes, says, that's not for skateboarders. He says that's those ramps are for the handicapped, and and without missing a beat, uh, Fred Willard says that's bull. I've never seen a handicapped guy on a skateboard. <laughs> I had a, a, a Martin Mull uh, run in once, and uh, it was at the uh, the Cable Ace Awards, and I was presenting. And this is a, a very industry heavy event, and I had to go because. Uh, MTV was, you know, trying to break through to new cable markets, and basically, it's a it's a big jerk off session for these. Uh, at the time, you know, there were hundreds of cable operators in the U.S. Of course, they're now all bought by you know Time Warner or Comcast or whatever, and they all kind of felt and acted like they were NBC. So it was a big deal right. for them, you know. And so all these tables were, were filled with these basically ditch diggers, what we called them, you know, with respect, but, you know, ditch diggers, because that's what they did. They dug a ditch and they ran some cable to your house and they had no fucking service and it sucked and you couldn't reach anyone. It never worked. Uh, but they acted like they were, you know, uh, hot uh, stuff, real hot stuff. And they had, you know, their, some of them had their second wives there and they were all dressed up. So cable ace awards. Anyway, I was there with Patricia and we're backstage, and Martin Mull is the MC. Any, any, uh, um, I can't. For, I forget if we were on like a dais or, yeah, I think we we're on a dais for some. I'm not quite sure what the fuck it was, but he uh, announces me as like, you know, and here's this guy from MTV. Boy, you'd hate to have your daughter come home with him. You know, here's Adam <laughs> Curry, and Patricia, <laughs> she pulled him aside and said, "The fuck are you, Grandpa?" <laughs> She totally came up to defend my honor. <laughs> and from and from that day on, whenever we see him on TV, we turn him off. It's like, oh, that dick. Yeah, fuck him. We don't like him. It's a well, show, showbiz he had, feud. It, he had a funny career. Uh, I remember first hearing him when he was doing he was doing a uh, a bunch of song parodies and and inventions humorous song inventions that were uh, extremely popular for a very short period and then he stopped doing that and then he became an actor and um, I don't know, it's just a strange career but he went through this one little phase where he had this fake talk show and then I don't know what's ever come of well, him. He, he kind of comes off as like he's a comedian, but he's not really funny. He's an actor, but he's not really talented. You know, he's just kind of there. He's recognizable. He's that's it. He's recognizable. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot of that in Hollywood. So uh, anyway, so that was the uh, but the best of show has Willard playing another perfect role for him. And um, I recommend seeing it if anyone hasn't seen that movie. It's quite funny. It's about uh it's about dog uh, shows. So, what is the uh, what is the uh, the opposite of Rush Limbaugh? Can we be that? Well, fun- 
there's no real, you know, that, that people keep thinking, I mean, I think the opposite of Rush Limbaugh is actually Jon Stewart, but nobody really has been able to go on the left in terms of the liberal side and do that kind of material because there's, and, and, it's, it, it, and a lot of people believe it's because it's self, uh, the, the liberal uh, people have, <laughs> like they're the Chinese the, people. The, the liberal people. The liberal people. <laughs> the people, the people from, from the uh, liberal republic. <laughs> the, the liberal, liberal people, people. <laughs> they have painted themselves into a corner because they can't be offensive and they can't insult anyone and they can't do this and they can't do that you know they all have to be politically correct they, yeah you, you can't they, say nice dress honey you know like we do so in you, texas you can't do that you can't be funny because then you're then you're hurting someone's feelings and yeah. you know that kind of thing so you end up with a namby pamby kind of thing unless you have someone who's a pure satirist like John Stewart, who doesn't mind doing that stuff, but he's not seen as the opposite. The closest that anyone comes is actually another right-wing guy, but he, but he, you know, portrays himself as. Oh, he's actually he's he, he takes a kind of a weird position, which is this guy Michael Savage, mm, who's yeah. an. Who's much more entertaining than than anybody, uh, and he's in the San Francisco Bay Area, and he just complains about everything, and he doesn't like Bush, uh, and he sees Limbaugh, and he's the one that promotes the idea that Limbaugh is just a mouthpiece. And um, well, the only reason I the only reason I ask is you there know, is no opposite, right? Could we get the could we get that kind of audience? Because I, I, I quite honestly I I want the uh, the jet and the drug habit. <laughs> I can go for the jet. The drug <laughs> habit I can do without because that drug habit's actually what made him deaf. Because a lot of people yeah, don't realize right. yeah, that, he is that using deaf, yeah. well, he, he is deaf. But oxycontin, when used uh, to uh, in an addictive fashion, where you're just using way too much of it, actually makes you deaf. It, it's one of the side effects. <laughs> it, does it say it on the Does it say it on the box? <laughs> well, Overuse will make you go deaf. May decrease hearing <laughs> abilities. And, and it, induce it, nausea? It, it would have had to have said it on the baggie. Yeah. So, <laughs> if you've had a hard-on and are going deaf for more than four hours, can talk, can, uh, please contact your physician immediately. So anyway, so he had to have these implants and all these other things because he lost his, he went deaf. And in fact, I remember that period where he first went deaf and he didn't have the hearing aids. And uh, I was listening, I turned him on once because I listened to right-wing talk, and, you know, I admit it. And... Um, because uh, you get a lot of information from these guys, to be honest about it. Anyway, so uh, I was listening. I said, who's this guy? And I, and I said, this isn't Rush Limbaugh. This is somebody else because he couldn't hear himself because he, he's a professional. You know, he was a DJ like you. <laughs> and he and he uh, he li liked he, he was a he, had, he loved his own voice, but he had to modulate it with the microphone. So he'd be up to the microphone and he'd be talking yeah. like this. You know, yeah, like I do. Like, hey, baby, how yeah, you, you doing? modulate Rush if you do. People out there should know that if you're on the radio and you have a pair of headphones on, you can really control your voice a lot more because yeah. you're, you're hearing yourself. Exactly. And you can talk a little bit a little more like yeah. this. Hey, baby, send naked pictures. Anyway, so uh, so I, he couldn't hear himself, so he couldn't do his own voice. I thought it was it was weird. I didn't think it was him. I thought it was some phony. And then I found out about all this other stuff, and then he got the implants. Now he sounds exactly like he used to. But um, it's funny. If you can't hear yourself, it's like people who are – I know a lot of people that went to way too many. Uh, when I was a kid, I worked in factories, and I learned about ear protection. So I always, when I went to rock concerts, I always had ear protection, and I still wear it. And but there's a lot of people that went to a lot of heavy metal concerts. They never wore ear protection. Yeah, they were they're deaf. The teen, they're all deaf. Yep. And when when you talk to them, they scream at you because they can't hear themselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you leave Hi, the lights Adam, on? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. 
I've always, always worn ear protectors. In fact, you know, all the roadies at all these concerts, every single person at the show is wearing ear protection. Ear protection. It's 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 a, an insurance requirement these days. Yeah, You're nowadays, nuts. but yeah, back nuts. in the day, you know, in the in the seventies and eighties, it wasn't as uh, people were they, they weren't paying attention. I don't know. They never, you know, it, it did help. And I think this is lost on the public. It did help when you were a kid where you could actually get jobs in factories during the summer. Nowadays, you go around and you see kids hanging out in the streets and you say, why don't you guys get a job? Get a job where, they tell you. Yeah, I'd get a job, dude, but I, like where? But back in the day, you could get work when you were a kid and you'd learn a lot because you were on these jobs, you know, learning stuff like wearing ear protection or taking, taking yeah. salt tablets and things like that. Okay, anyway. uh, this just in on the wires. Uh, for some reason, the it's from Clarksburg, West Virginia. I actually happen to know where that is and have been to Clarksburg, West Virginia. The FBI is embarking on a $1 billion effort to build the world's largest computer database of people's physical characteristics. Huh. A project that would give the government unprecedented abilities to identify individuals in the United States and abroad. Digital images of faces, fingerprints, palm patterns, and iris scans. There you go. The FBI will also retain upon request by employers fingerprints of employees. Oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> this is just awesome. Another half hour on oh, the oh, waiting oh, look, line and, for and you. It's, it's related. It's related. Look, the Department of Homeland Security has been using iris scans at some airports to verify the identity of travelers who have passed background checks who want to move through the lines quickly. It's all related, dude. It's happening. They're rolling it out. They're totally yeah, rolling well. this shit out. This is great. This is, I'll put this link in the show notes. It's like a whole story on the Washington Post. Well, why Clarksburg? Is that where the FBI is? I don't know. It's probably where they can get cheap land. <laughs> I have no idea. No, that's not where the FBI is. Then why Maybe is they like Clarksburg? football. There's some good football teams in West Virginia. Well, yes. The Mountaineers. The Mountaineers. Although they lost their they coach. They suck. Yeah. They, but didn't they, uh, they lose out on the championships? I don't really follow it, but... Yeah, no, they can't get in. They so I do, like got a yeah. couple of West Virginia hoodies <laughs> yeah. that now I can't use as a as a as a one-upsmanship thing. I've always thought they had the the crummiest logo, that green and yellow kind of like really jagged W WVU whatever it is. No, they don't. They have the flying W. It's actually gorgeous. Nah, I Check never it liked out. that. I know it. And it's yellow on blue. It's perfect colors. I mean, it's a really good-looking logo. <sighs> okay. Maybe there's an old logo you're thinking about, the, but the Flying W, which is called the Flying W, yes. which is actually a W and F sh- sh- uh, shoved together, uh, is, looks, I think it's a very good-looking logo. But, you know, now they lost their coach, and they're probably, you know... They're not, it's all know, over. The best, yeah. the best team of this year was Appalachian State. There's no doubt about it. Again. <laughs> You've lost me. <laughs> yeah, I know. You but really the, yeah, but the, the two other football fans in the, our audience are going, the Forex right. So what are you doing for Christmas? You celebrate? Going up to Washington. Going up to Washington. Ah, you can go see the family. Yeah, everyone's up there because we got a deli up there, and so I, my wife and the you know comes down half the time. I go up there half the time, but she's got to be near the deli more than I do, so I'm down here mostly. So, so you're really alone all, most of the time. Well, except when the girls are here. 
Well, yeah, but they only come down on like the weekends, don't they? <laughs> no. <laughs> you are in Gitmo, my friend. I'm talking about the other girls. <laughs> oh, <So>. okay. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I think we should, we've done another hour show. In the future, should we try and do this daily? Do you think, if, do you think people would show up for it? I think if we get a, a critical mass of weekly listeners, we should because then the, the I mean the only the only money in this is doing it daily. Let's face it. But you know I think we're going to run out of material because we're although I don't think we're the boringest guys in the world. You know at some point, although the news usually provides us with more than enough information. Yeah, but I but I that's mean, that's kind of the problem. I don't want it to become you know one of the and there's so many shows about news. You know which really just makes you a part of the. the yeah, big we should be talking machine. more about society. You know as opposed to talking about like what we didn't talk about this week which is the implications of jamie lynn spears's pregnancy yeah now that now there's a <laughs> there's a topic i can't believe we overlooked that one well i can but you know there's <laughs> it's an interesting topic to me because it's i get the sense that she got pregnant on purpose to get attention you think <laughs> it's uh you know it's really sad when you see people caught up in the show business machine like that because that's really what that is they just have no idea. Apparently, and and and, wanted... and no one gives a shit. It's like Amy Winehouse, you know, everyone's just waiting for her to fuck up again or die. You know, she's been arrested. See, nobody even knows who that is over here. No one knows who Amy Winehouse is. You're kidding me. Well, I don't know who she is. Of course, no, no, she's she's been nominated for six Grammy awards. Someone knows who she is, John. Oh, that woman. Yeah, that yeah, woman. Yeah, I guess. Exactly. So, hey, this is interesting. I just want to put it. So I have the Google News page up because I figure if we ran out of material, I could always jump on one of these stories. And the thing just refreshed on its own and it and it swapped out all the photos. So they've changed this uh, code in this thing. I think I don't think it used to do that. I used to get but the I'm same just picture. Sitting here, bing. And the next thing you know, it's all the, the whole page. What, is what's, what's your top news item? Uh, uh, well, you had the one from the, the mine is the FBI plans one yeah. billion dollar database. Right. You no, know, I just want to compare under that no troop surge for Afghanistan. Yeah. Okay, so it is the same. Pretty much. Yeah. And then uh, the ex CIA subpoena thing is interesting, and rest of it's you know just. Yeah, Clinton but makes it's, it's just more. It's just more <sighs> commenting on the fucking news. Yeah. No, I'm not saying we should. <laughs> Um, okay, I, I forgot to tell you. I got the uh, Yorkshire tea that I brought home from the office that they sent me. The one that you got for free. Yeah, that was uh, Paul Parkinson actually arranged that. He's a, he? he has a show here in the in the mm. UK, and he. Had, I didn't get any free. Had, by no, the way. you didn't get anything free. But so I tried it out, and I'm like, and I have to tell you, I don't think my palate is sophisticated enough uh, to really tell the difference. In fact, Patricia. Uh, she shunned it immediately. She said, oh, no, I don't like, I like the PG tips much better. And then I, I tried, I did one of the, like, um, decaf test. You remember the old commercials? Hmm. She yeah. didn't even notice it was decaf. And so I made right. her, I made her a Yorkshire tea. And she nailed it. And no, no, she said, which one is this? Is it the regular tea? And I said, yeah. <laughs> like, trying not to really fib. Uh, so she thought it was PG Tips. She said, oh, yeah, I can taste it. This is PG Tips. But it wasn't. It was the Yorkshire tea. So. Oh, you, you, you jocked her. Yeah, yeah. I haven't actually said anything to her about that. But oh, she's thought... going to know now. She's going to, you're going to get some, you're going to get the, you know, instead of the T-bone steak, it's going to be liver. Oh, dude, you, you actually believe that my wife listens to this shit? <laughs> well, you're probably right. It's like my wife. She doesn't listen to anything I do. <laughs> Does she read any of your articles? No. Never. No, no. never. Does she, and have you written Once books? It... You've written books, haven't you? 
Yeah, but usually she has to do she has something to do with the editing, so it's like she reads oh, okay. them that way. All right. But hmm. well, you know, I think you should check your wife out with the thing with the tea called Lifeboat. Lifeboat tea. Okay. Yeah, that's an, actually a pretty nice tea. Uh, I like Lifeboat, and of course Sainsbury's Red Label is a favorite amongst the cheapskates in England. Yeah, you mentioned that, but we don't, and we've we've had that before, but still think PG is better than that. I don't like Sainsbury's Red Label so much either. I think it's bland. <laughs> there are and, people in America uh, going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> no, I think Americans are drinking more more and more tea. And, uh, yeah, but they're drinking they, like flavored tea. Have you seen the selection at the office? If you just want a regular tea bag, you can fi- hardly find it anymore. It's all raspberry. They have a box of PG tips sitting there now. Really? Oh, thank you. I'm sure you took care of that. No, I don't know who did, oh. but somebody did. Nice. I guess somebody. Maybe Some, somebody someone, listens to someone, our. <laughs> someone actually show. listens to this shit. All right. Go, man. Huh? All right. Um, that's it. You got anything else? No, I think we're through. I think we're done as well. Coming to you from the Curry uh, Manor in Guilford in the United Kingdom, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak up here in Northern California. And we'll talk to you again next week on No Agenda. The best and the brightest, served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight.